This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well uh, and enjoying the lead up to your weekend. And we're nearly there. We're nearly halfway through the international break. You'll be very, very glad to hear. Uh, thank goodness uh, that we are nearly at least just halfway through. Uh, at least we can be excited about that. And uh, hopefully very soon we'll be back talking about Arsenal in a lot more detail than we've been able to over the last uh, about a week or so. It feels like an absolute eternity. But good morning to everybody in the chat. Good morning, Richie, MFB. Uh, good morning to Kaiser, uh, Saeed. Uh, we've got Ezra in here who's joining us at 3 a.m. in the morning from Atlanta, Georgia, thank you so much for joining him, mate. Omar uh, and Nukritz, thank you so much. Jose, Said again. Uh, Ratha Varys, Bungle. Uh, we've got lots of regulars. Matt Thornton, Richard, Moses. Uh, plenty of you guys in here. Tono, Powell. I'm sorry I can't read out all of your names. There are so many of you. Thank you so much for joining uh, all of us this morning and getting involved with making this, as always, your morning or evening or midday routine, depending on where you are in the world. Without further ado, as always, please do make sure that you're dropping a like on today's video and subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. And subscribe, please, to the Arsenal Way. Link is in the description. And if you do go over and subscribe to the Arsenal Way, you'll be able to go and watch a very interesting interview that I had with uh, the one, the only Mo Farah. It came out yesterday at 4 p.m. UK time on the channel. Go and watch it. It's really interesting uh, listening to how Mo uh, kind of interrates himself with the world of Arsenal, his fandom of Arsenal how much he loves the club, what his plans are for the future with the club uh, and everything like that. So please do go and give it a watch. Really interesting stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it's worth a watch. Also on this channel, I had a chat with James Bench for our latest uh, Let's Talk Arsenal fan series, formerly of the Evening Standard and Football.London and now soccer correspondent for CBS Sports. He, we went into a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff and uh, we went into a lot of things regarding kind of transfer itks blocking trolls who i've just had to do in the chat uh assessing kind of arteta's situation at the club and, and him himself leaving arsenal specific reporting and going into the wider perspective of football from a reporting 
standpoint. So some really interesting stuff. Um, make sure you go and give it a listen if you haven't already. But without further ado, let's start with our first story of the day. And as we talked about yesterday, Jack Wilshere was indeed spotted at the under um at the under 23s game against Bournemouth in an Arsenal jacket, not an England jacket, uh, in an Arsenal jacket. And uh, obviously the day after it was revealed that yesterday he very much was um, going to be joining Arsenal training, get involved with doing his coaching badges and the club were going to be helping him. Now, they released kind of a whole interview with Mikel Arteta. We, I'm not going to go through all the quotes in it as I usually do because it's, it's, you know, it's a side story basically. But go and watch it on the, on the Arsenal website if you want to go and watch it but it's very much kind of it did feel to me um it felt very much like they were really kind of trying to put forward the idea that this is not going to turn into a a deal and they really wanted to make it very clear what Jack Wilshire is doing it's it's strange I mean there's been less made of signings coming into the club I mean I remember when um, Nuno Tavares joined we had an interview with Nuno Tavares but you didn't get a sit down with Mikel Arteta or anything like that. It's very weird. I found it very strange how much emphasis they put on trying to explain this. But, you know, we like transparency. It's also going to be interesting probably seeing Jack Wilshire involved in the Amazon documentary, which is not something I don't think many people have considered, is that we've got the Amazon documentary going on. Wilshire's going to be in and around that. So it'll be interesting to see how that intertwines and if he's in it and involved in, in it in any way. Uh, regarding that, Granite Xhaka's injury rehabilitation is actually going to be kind of integrated and associated. They're going to follow him through his journey back from injury. So that will be interesting to, to follow, like a, an Amazon-styled Hector Bellerin knee recuperation vlog, if you will. Now, Reese Nelson did get his first minutes for uh, uh, for Feyenoord, not in a competitive fixture, but in a friendly. Uh, he's been so far unable to get on the pitch in a competitive sense because the club quite simply have not felt uh, that he is yet ready. In fact, the fitness coaches have felt that he's not yet fit enough, that he's not been training at an intensity that they would consider up to standard whatsoever, which is really, you know, it's it's... It downtrods Arsenal's training, obviously, but at the same time, you have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt and be like, well, it's it's just an opinion. And maybe he has had his own issues behind the scenes. He's not been playing anywhere near as much as he would like to. He's not match fit because he's barely played any matches. So there's that to think about. But he's got his first minutes uh, behind closed doors, finals, and fingers crossed he can now go on and get more minutes because we were going to do a loan coverage of him throughout his time there, but we haven't been able to because he's not played. So that's it. <laughs> it's as simple as that, really. Uh, moving on to the next story, Yusuf N. Nezri, the Sevilla Moroccan international striker, is being linked again with a move to Arsenal. He's certainly the striker that I'd like to see us go for. I think he's a very good all-round player, good in the air, pacey, good with the ball at his feet, clinical, mid-20s, 24, turning 25 soon. I would very much be interested in seeing and Nezri join Arsenal as their kind of leading striker in the summer 2022 window. Arsenal are now being again credited. It does follow on from some other loose links in the past, but it wouldn't be surprising to see this happen. And we will wait to see if something further down the line in the summer window does in fact take place. Another striker, though, that has been linked is uh, Zenit St. Petersburg's Asmoon. Uh, the striker who was very much known for being one of the highest scoring 
that kind of strikers in his region um, has has continued on that fine form in Russia with Zenit. And he is now being also linked with another move to Arsenal, although I expect he'll probably end up somewhere like the Bundesliga or La Liga. I would be surprised to see him end up at Arsenal. But who knows, maybe some massively rich Premier League club could come in for him one day, whoever that might be. Speaking of takeovers, we get to our main story of the day. Um, and for that reason, obviously... This is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. It, it divides people, I know, a lot. And it divided people last time we spoke about a possibility of a Qatari takeover. Now, you've all seen the news regarding Newcastle and specifically their Saudi-related takeover of the club um, that went through yesterday. And you saw the jubilant scenes outside St. James's Park. I can only be happy in the perspective of, of those fans um, that have suffered for a very, very long time and obviously seeing them very happy with um, Lee, the, the loss of Mike Ashley, which I'm sure will not be one that they linger on for very long. Um, so it's always good to see fans happy. There is other, obviously other things to consider with it that I do certainly take into account when considering takeovers, but that's for a different discussion. On the Arsenal side of things, after the uh, Saudi takeover, of Newcastle. The account uh, at Qatari, also known as Mohamed Al-Kabi, uh, sorry, um, he tweeted out this, um, which is just saying we need Arsenal after Newcastle. This obviously brings up a lot of, this This brings up a lot of like, the stuff that we talked about before when there was the, uh, it was I think it was um, Al-Tani, uh, who was the previous guy that was tweeting about Arsenal that had links with very much the, the the Qatari royal family. But um, as Matt Thornton puts it here, saying he's trolling, this is what I feel that it is. It, it's just a troll. It's it's the hype for the sake of hype. I mean, you look at how, many, how much attention this tweet has got in the space of less than, what, 12 hours. I mean, it's just literally just hit 12 hours and you can see how much attention... It's already got. I went into a lot of detail and the last time I did research, I spoke to experts in the field. I'm going to do a follow-up article, I think, on this today to go into more detail about why basically this, this Qatari takeover is just not something that's that's going to happen. Um, it doesn't look like it would happen. It's very unlikely that it would happen um, because it's just a simple situation of it seems like a bit of a, a, bit of a media show. That's That's the sense that I got from speaking to experts in the field. The complications about a Qatari takeover of Arsenal when its main sponsor is Emirates, like that in itself is a huge conflict of interest. Even though I know that the Qataris, of course, took over PSG, who's at the time their shirt sponsor was the uh, was Fly Emirates, that quickly changed. But it's much more difficult with Arsenal because Emirates is so much more ingrained with the club, with the stadium and the shirts, etc. It's so much more difficult than for the PSG side of things. And PSG itself is their main venture. And to to go into another venture with another club of the size of Arsenal alongside PSG, again, could cause more conflict. You've also got to think about the value of Arsenal to Qatar right now. It wouldn't make much sense for them to buy Arsenal in such a low place in their value. And yet with their market value, according to KSE, still exceptionally high. Like to convince the Cronkies to sell Arsenal, you would need to bid well above what Arsenal would genuinely be valued on any kind of market. So that would be off-putting. I mean, people talk about it's just money to them and it would be nothing to consider. But 
you don't get rich by just throwing money at certain things, especially at the levels of billions that you're talking about to buy Arsenal. It doesn't make any sense um, whatsoever to, to go after an Arsenal side at this stage of their kind of situation in terms of how much they're worth and where their stature is in the league, them being out of Europe and the money that it would cost to buy them. It doesn't make any sense. So I would, I would really encourage caution with this. And I would absolutely say to you, do not get your hopes up about a Qatari takeover despite these tweets because there is just no there is there is no indication that a takeover is happening any anytime soon there is no indication that the qataris have ever had a genuine interest in buying arsenal and there is also all of these rumors from all of the experts i speak to in the field that one this is very public and it doesn't they don't tend to do things very publicly when they are working to do a takeover it happens very much behind the scenes um, it doesn't come out very publicly. It isn't a big media show like we're seeing. It doesn't give the sense that they would do this. And secondly, the people that are talking are not people who could even take it over on their own. These are people with links to the royal family, links to the, the big, the big, big billionaires that are there. But they're not people that on their own could do this. And they would need, as the same with the Saudi Arabian side of things, a consortium to take over Arsenal, which there is no indication of forming, beginning, even thinking about right now. And I mean, even from the tweet, you can see it. We need Arsenal after Newcastle. It's just, to, it's really just to swirl up this kind of media storm and uh, a lot of kind of attention that doesn't actually exist. So it's it's not a realistic thing don't get your hopes up um and don't be disappointed if it doesn't happen in that case i'm not saying never <laughs> never say never but i just there's no evidence to suggest this is something that will happen anytime soon so and all the evidence points against it so there we go not that i'd even want it to happen anyway is also the other thing don't want a qatari takeover of arsenal at all um if you were saying between them and daniel ek um I'm trying to look into as much about Daniel Ek. It's kind of talking about like the, the lesser of two evils, which is a horrible discussion. I want someone to buy Arsenal who's just genuine, basically, which is very difficult with the money that we're talking about and very unlikely. But that's what I want. So is what it is, really. Anyway, we move on to the final part of the show. Um, and uh, we will be getting your thoughts and theories and questions and queries uh, into the chat box. So if you do indeed have a question, uh, please do throw it into the chat and we will try and get uh, to them as quick as we feasibly can. <clears throat> let's uh, let's scroll up a little bit and get <laughs> yeah, a genuine billionaire, Tom. Lol. There are very few out there, but, <laughs> um, but they do exist, believe it or not. MFB says, if one consortium from Qatar really do take over, how would that make you feel, Tom? Not great. To be honest, MFB, not great from, from the research that I've done. It's, uh, it wouldn't make me feel good at all. Um, and I would encourage people to do their own research uh, as well about it because it would make me feel good about it whatsoever. Uh, Social DRG says, do you think it's worth us fans really bigging up players we want out? El Nenny, maybe our Newcastle by the hard. El Nenny. El Nenny is an amazing, is an amazing player. Like he is... How he's not getting minutes in the Arsenal team, I don't know. He should be playing at a club the size of Newcastle without a shadow of a doubt. And if Newcastle were to come in with at least 
a twenty-five million pound bid minimum. Maybe you maybe we'd consider negotiations, Newcastle, for Mohamed El Nenny. Then you know, I'm just saying the door could open. I'm not making any promises, but just think about it. Just think about it. Very good point, social. Very very good point. Maggie says, "How Tom? How about putting Jack into the under 23s I don't know how that works. I don't know about registrations. I don't know if they're allowed to do that. I I don't know if a player that's just training with you can play for your under 23s but I wouldn't have an issue with that, to be honest. I wouldn't have an issue. You're allowed to play, I think, what is it, three over 23 players. Um, so I don't, I don't have an issue. If that was to happen, would not have an issue whatsoever. Hey, look, at the end of the day, whilst I'm very against it at the moment in time of him coming into the Arsenal first team, I don't think that follows the strategy that we want to, to kind of pursue. If he proves himself, he proves himself. It's not a case of shut the door, no, never, do not want it, never going to happen. If he proves himself, then you always open the door. But I don't see that happening right now. He couldn't get into the Bournemouth side. He couldn't get signed up by any other club at the moment. He's very far from match fitness. I feel like it would take him all the way up until January anyway to get anywhere close to being to the level of fitness that you need to play in the Premier League. We'll see. We will see. Um, Billy says, if, say, Qatar Consortium finally buy Arsenal and then manage to turn this club into a winning team, would you still be unhappy? Uh, yes, I would, Billy. I'd still be unhappy with them. Well, I'd be happy for Arsenal. It's, I'm an Arsenal fan. It's it's the hypocrisy, isn't it? Is someone turning around? We talked about this before. Would I, be, would I stop supporting Arsenal if it was taken over by a Qatari Consortium? No, because I'm a massive hypocrite. <laughs> I, I own that. But I wouldn't be happy about it. And I'd be absolutely guilty about it. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, when you speak to some Chelsea fans and talk about the, the issues with Roman Abramovich or Manchester City fans, some care, some don't. It just depends on your humanity, I suppose. But I would not be happy about it. I would be happy in the sense of just of being a blinkered to look at it from an Arsenal perspective only. But I wouldn't be happy. No, Billy, not at all. Um, when is the next show of your footballs? Yeah, Omar, apparently Sunday. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to come out. There keeps being a few delays on the editing side of things. I'm assured it's meant to be Sunday. So we'll see. Hopefully it comes out on Sunday, but that's that's what I've been told. Apparently the next video on the Arsenal way on that will be Sunday. Not that you should be getting excited about it whatsoever. Shumoy says, Tom, do you think we'll do massive transfer business in January? Outgoings maybe, but not incomings. My prediction is that we'll get rid of a fair few players. I'm not sure that we'll buy anyone. Maybe we will. I'm just not confident that we will buy anyone in January. I think it's going to be very much a moving on period for a, a load of players once again. Um, Stephen says, do you think that X should join Qatari with X taking control and being more acceptable? No, any involvement of the Qatari, Stephen, I'm not happy with. It's as simple as that. Um, Ezra said, did you have Vlovic is being offered to Juve? Did I hear about that? No, I didn't. I'm not surprised. He's got, what, a year or two left on his deal. They, he's rejected all their advances. Fiorentina are going to want to get as high a fee as possible. I'm not surprised. And Juventus do need to bring in someone like that. Um, Tim says, I know you are, I know you are busy as can be, but I would love a show where you break down FFP. What is it really? And why has it no effect whatsoever? Tim, honestly, the, the FFP is one of the most frustrating topics. And I know that's probably why you want an explanation of it, but it's, it's almost worthless at this point. They pretty much scrapped it. It's not that they pretty much scrapped it, but they pretty much ignore it now. It's, it's just not something that's being even considered of a lot of business that's going on. 
Um, I mean, La Liga themselves are putting their own restrictions on Barca. That's much less kind of to do with FFP. That's more La Liga and uh, and I think that side of things that's stopping Barca from doing certain things. It's just... It, it, I don't think it would be worthy of a show right now because of just how in uh, just how insignificant it is, basically. Um, Maya says, who could we sign as a good right-back that's better than Cedric? Well, I mean, first of all, we've got to move on, Cedric or Chambers, and bring in someone that's going to be a, a decent backup, like a, maybe a Joachim Marla from Atalanta, um, uh, a Christensen from Red Bull Salzburg, possibly, is someone who could rotate in. I do think we need to sign someone who can be a backup to Tommy because our options just aren't really that good, are they? So we probably... And he does suffer from the odd injury and has done at Bologna. So we're probably going to need uh, to bring someone in. Alanga says, who would we sell in January? Say Kalasnac, I think, will probably have his contract terminated. You never know. You could see the likes of Rob Holding move on. Cedric, Chambers, all very much players that, that could yet go. Uh, Ainsley, Maitland-Niles, we know very much uh, could be a player that goes. Following Balogun could leave the club on loan. But Leno could choose to leave in January. He did, of course, say previously that he would have to consider what's going on in January. So he could be someone that goes. I'm just now scrolling down the squad to check I haven't missed anyone. Um, Maitland-Niles, Elneny, possibly Martinelli on a loan. He may want to go and get game time. So there are players that would still move on. I think I just don't see us really bringing anyone in, to be honest. So so there you go. Um, James says, the Qataris are already embedded in our lives. Sainsbury's, Barclays and many more companies and they are the biggest property owners in, the, in, the, owners in London. James, this argument doesn't stack up and it really frustrates me when people use this. It's like saying, oh, well, we already do these things, already have these, so it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It's the only way that we stop it. It's the only way that we stop it going any further or any worse. If there's the opportunity to say no, then say no. It's not a case of, oh, well, we do have this already and this. No, that's not how that's not how humanity works. It's not how the positive side of life is supposed to work. So, oh, it's like it's like you talk about global warming, oh, where everyone else is is doing. No, if you've got the chance to do what you can, take a stand, say no. Don't just bend to your will, have a backbone. That's what annoys me about that argument. It's nothing argument. Uh, Billy says, seeing on Twitter so many fans are hyping Ozymen as an Arsenal target, what do you think? Uh, obviously, he's he's done fairly well since leaving Lille and going there, but he cost Napoli so much money. I don't know why, I don't know how Arsenal would ever get, you know, I don't know how Arsenal would ever convince Napoli to sell for a figure that wasn't ever close to Pepe's price tag that we bought him for because they spent so much money. So I just don't think that it's, you know, I just don't think that he's a player that we'd be able to get for a, a respectable fee. I don't think he would ever match the figure that we'd have to buy him out for. Um, IG cases, people are overhyping Newcastle's owners. They are only worth 18 billion. The 320 billion is actually combined of thousands of royal members that don't all own the club. Getting a, a genuine kind of figure on... On kind of any, I mean, yeah, Matt Thorne, only 18 billion. Um, but getting kind of any real figure, it doesn't really ever exist. It's just to create a bit of a media storm. It's a good headline. Um, but ultimately, we'll see. we don't know what's going to happen. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> we'll wait and see. That's why I've said I'm not losing my head. I'm not getting worried at the moment because we just don't know what's going to happen. Um, 
the people talking around it are saying that they want to get Newcastle back to winning trophies. They want to get them um, competing for the Premier League. But I mean, you look at Everton. Everton had Mashiri come in, Usmanov involved. You look at the spending that they've done, the appointments they're making. Carlo Ancelotti came in and goes. Rafa Benitez is coming in and now all of a sudden it's the same situation it was at the start of last season. Oh, look at Everton. But they got knocked out of the League Cup by QPR. And we really need to see them tested over a full campaign before we start prejudging. It's very easy to say, oh, look at Everton. They're going to get top six. We don't know yet. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Everton in the long run as, as of yet. And they had a very strong start to last season and very much fell away and finished 10th. Season before that under Ancelotti, they finished 12th. So I, I, don't think, um, I don't think it's something that you need to be right now losing your heads over. Um, just wait and see. It might be that they go and spend amazing amounts of money and outspend Man City and then end up getting to the top of the Premier League. Sure, but right now... There's no chance that I'm going to get annoyed, worried, concerned about Newcastle until I see some genuine evidence that they're pushing towards something different. Things don't always turn out the way that you expect them to, but we'll see. Maybe that it is. Uh, Everton is completely different, says Mario. I don't think it is completely different. I mean, if we just have a look at Shiri net worth, let's have a look. 2.7 billion Usmanov net worth. 17.3 billion. So, I mean, that's more than the 18 billion that that person was talking about a second ago combined. I, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's nothing right now. It's just words until we see something. That's, we just have to kind of wait and see. It, it just, it's a bit strange to be losing your head over Newcastle thinking they're going to overtake. And the, honestly, the amount of people I saw losing their minds yesterday on social media about it, you, you, we don't know what's going to happen. It could absolutely crash and burn. They could buy all the wrong players. They could spend money on... I mean, if you look at it, like all the big players out there right now, they're, they're already pretty much at the biggest clubs. Like you'd have to start seeing huge amounts of money spent and you, you'd have to think that there'd be some kind of curb on, on what happens. You've also got the situation where Newcastle... Newcastle are a club that... I'm not saying they're a small club. They're not. But they aren't of the size of, of your big six. They're not of that size. And so you've got to convince these players that this club is going to go somewhere and win something. Yes, I know money talks. We've seen it with Blackburn in the past and we've seen it with Manchester City, but it takes time to establish it. And you've got to think that it doesn't negate the other clubs that exist. The clubs that Newcastle are going to want to sign certain players. Well, those big clubs are going to, going to, going to, they're going to try and compete with Newcastle to sign those players. It's not like those, those clubs aren't rich anymore. They're still rich. They still have a lot of money to spend. And if you get into bidding wars and stuff, maybe that will drive up the price of Newcastle. And then that price tag associated with those players, that in itself creates a psychological barrier for those players, the expectation on them. Newcastle in itself, is it the most attractive place to, to go? For money, it might be now. Well, we'll see. It's just there's no point us losing our minds over something that we just don't know the impact of right now. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We're going to finish things up there. If you could drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show, would appreciate it. 
Uh, I'll be joining uh, Albert a little bit later on on his channel to talk uh, with me, uh, Rohan Blog, and uh, and Harry Simu as well. So go check out uh, Albert's channel. I'll be retweeting it over on my page at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter. So if you haven't already, go give us a follow. Go check out my interview of Mo Farah on the Arsenal Way and my interview of James Benj on this channel as well. Plenty of you guys to go and tune into that content. So please make sure you go and do that. See you again very, very soon. And as always... Up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.